On August 6, 2022, Euronurse.com launched its first episode. We had three experts for that first show. Vic Sinise, RN joined by Lori Atkinson, RN and Andrea Strong, DNP. On September 3, 2022, John Lynn, MD, joined our expert panel. On March 11, 2023, we moved our streaming platform from Zoom to StreamYard, allowing us to have our first episode streamed in 1080 high definition and our first episode streamed to Facebook. On April 29, 2023, we began streaming to LinkedIn. On June 17, 2023, our first video to reach over 1,000 views was episode 46. Virtual Public Speaking Tips and Tricks starring Vic Sinise, Andrea Strong and John Lynn. On June 26, 2023, we added an audio podcast version of the show available on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast and Amazon Music. On July 29, 2023, we celebrated one year of Euro Nurse with our 52nd episode. On August 19, 2023, we have our first video reach over 50,000 views on YouTube. On September 16, 2023, Laiz Heidman, RN, joins our group of expert panelists. On December 23, 2023, we cross another milestone by hitting over 1,000 subscribers on YouTube, being recognized as a YouTube creator. On December 23, 2023, we added X and Instagram to our streaming platform as well as YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn and StreamYard. Continue to watch our program to see what the future holds on Euronurse.com. Welcome to Euronurse. All right, and welcome everyone. Hello everyone, and welcome to Euronurse. Hello everyone, and welcome to Euronurse. Hey, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Euronurse. Hey, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Euronurse.com. Hey, and good morning, everyone. Welcome to Euronurse. Hey, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Euronurse. We Hey, good morning, and welcome to Euronurse. Hey, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Euronurse. Hey, good morning, and welcome to Euronurse. Hey, good morning, everyone. I'm your host, Vic Sinise, and welcome to Euronurse. Hey, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Euronurse. Hey, good morning, everyone. Welcome to Euronurse. Hey, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Euronurse. I'm your host, Vic Sinise. Hey, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Euronurse. We meet every Saturday at 9 a.m. Central. Well, I'm not going to say good morning because I just said it so many times. Those were all our good mornings from past episodes, but welcome to the show. This is our looking back at 2023, or actually looking back at Euronurse show in a little different format since I'm going to be going through a lot of the stuff that I normally bring up on the screen during my welcome. So I'm just going to bring in our experts right now. Experts, welcome to the show. Hey, everybody, how are you doing? Good morning. Good morning. How'd you like that little intro clip? <laughs> That was a lot of good morning. <laughs> we had a lot, a lot of, a lot of good memories we're going to share coming up. Um, but uh, I thought I'd start off by asking a question here, and I'll open this up to the audience. You can put your question into um, favorite Euro Nurse moments. So I'm going to kick it off with my favorite Euro Nurse moment, and that had to be the Phoenix meeting. Now, I mean, the show's been going on for over a year, and I kind of have a good idea that there's probably a bit of a fan base out there, but never realized how big of a fan base there is until the meeting and people were coming up to me and saying, Hey, you're him. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> they were just really happy to tell me how much they enjoyed the show, how good they thought the show was and how I need to make sure I keep it going. And it was just great to hear it. 
But my ultimate was when somebody actually asked to have a selfie with me. So that was my big neuro nurse <laughs> moment. <laughs> All right, Lori, your turn. Yeah, hi, I'm Lori Atkinson. I guess I'll introduce myself, but you guys probably already know me. Um, I've, I'm a certified urology registrar and have been in urology for 25 years. I currently work for a urology practice in Winfield in Geneva, Illinois. And Vic, you stole my my idea. So um, <laughs> I agree that conference was the best. And I think it was just because, you know, we see each other on these meetings all the time, but to meet each other in person is just, it's fabulous. It's great to meet everybody and just hang out and be ourselves and not, you know, not just see each other on these meetings. So yeah, that favorite. was really cool. Yeah. And Jan. That is so funny. Vic, you gave us five minutes before the show started to come up with our favorite 2023 moments. And exactly my thoughts were the actual, the SUNA meeting where we, this is great to connect virtually, but to actually see and physically hug, touch people, that was the best. And after all these episodes of virtually meeting everyone here, I finally met you all in real life. So that was the highlight of your nurse in 2023 for me and i agree a lot of people recognize us at the actual meeting in i think scottsdale and uh, they came up to say hello so that was pretty neat yeah it, it is kind of neat to know that i mean we suspect we're having an effect when you see the numbers of people watching etc but it's that like you said once you're there in real life and people come up to you then it's it really makes an impact so it was great yeah well like minds right we all we all enjoyed the same thing. Yeah, I would have gave you more time to think about the question, but I'm on vacation, so I've been busy doing other things like <laughs> I hear walking you. and standing in lines at Disney. And Hosting crazy. shows, you know. <laughs> yeah, and host, right. And, and somewhere in between, they're getting ready for this. All right, so we're going to have a little different format. I've got a bunch of slides. I'm going to keep you guys on the screen here, and I'll bring up my slides here, and let's go ahead and... Enter into looking back at 2023. So my first thing I'd like to say is thanks to all you guys. The show doesn't work without the experts. This is what's driven the show. I think it's really our key to success is having experts there to kind of quiz our guest panelists and get the questions and answers going and, uh, you know, those type of things. Hey, Lori, did we get anybody, uh, any takers on our comments for the uh, what they their Euro nurse moments? Um, I have not seen any yet, but I'm I'm here to uh, bring them if you guys have any favorites of the year. Okay. I just saw there was a lot of... Uh, it's a lot of good mornings and happy New Year's and how's the weather going where you're at? And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, the weather in Florida was really nice for the last couple of days. I was swimming and we had fun. Um, it got cold today, though. It was uh, 45, so... Yeah, well, it's, they say that's Florida. All right, let's keep going on. So let's start off with a little look back at our first episode. Um, as some of you may or may not know, when we first started out, we started off on the Zoom webinar platform. Worked out really well, but it had some limitations. We since, since have switched. Plus, I think the very first show, you know, you're trying to find your comfort level and make the show kind of become what it was going to become. So here's a look back. No, that's not the look. Hey everybody, welcome to our show. My name is Vic Sinise. I'm going to be the moderator, so I'll be reading off the questions. 
Um, my experience in urology, I've been here a long time as past president of the Chicago Metro SUNA chapter. Uh, Lori, can you give us a little introduction about you? Sure. My name is Lori Atkinson. And <clears throat> excuse me, I've been in urology for, <clears throat> sorry, I forgot my throat. It's early. Um, I've been in uro urology for 24 years. I've probably been, I was certified in 2003 as a certified urology registered nurse. Um, I'm currently working at Northwestern at Delmore in Geneva, and I'm excited that Vic got this together because I'm excited uh, to share information with you all. Thank you. Andrea, a little bit about yourself. Hi, my name is Andrea Strong. I'm a nurse practitioner, and I've been in practice for less than a year now, but I'm loving it. Um, I've been a nurse since 2010, and most of that time I spent working in urology I did inpatient night shift. I did outpatient um, and I did the ambulatory float pool, in, um, which I loved. Um, I'm certified as a urology nurse and um, happy to answer any of your questions. And here we go. So today I'm going to talk to you about PSA and prostate biopsy, chicken or the egg. And I think I'll make it apparent why I call it that. So as we know with PSA, um, it's found in all normal prostate cells. And I used a box here as my example because. So we weren't nervous at all getting on the <laughs> cameras, were we? <laughs> Hardly could get the introductions out. But I thought it was fun to look back. Uh, some, you know, the quality of the show, um, you know, we didn't have high definition back then. And some of the switching that I can do currently wasn't existing in Zoom. So it was interesting. I thought it was worth a look. Um, analytics. So we do get some information, mostly from YouTube. Some of the other ones give us analytics, but not as good as I can get. But anyway, I thought I'd share it with you, the fans, so you can see how the show is doing. YouTube, we're currently at 85,000 views of our shows, which is really mind-blowing to me. I, know, I was hoping to have at least 20 people watch. And as I've announced last time, we did over uh, uh, reach our goal of 1,000 subscribers, which got us to become uh, YouTube creators. And it does open up some other analytics and things that I've, I'm finding out about just now, which is I, I think would be helpful for, for the show going forward. We are in 31 countries. That's crazy that we have such a, a appeal throughout the world. So it's really great that we are. And I've had a few people send comments in that they were, you know, coming in from uh, Australia. And we had somebody from Taiwan, I think, at our last show. So it's just mind blowing that you've come even watch it live. I know we can watch, you know, anytime you want from all these other places, but 31 countries. We are an international show. We're on Facebook Live, got 84 followers on that channel, and it sees about 1,000 views a month. LinkedIn Live, we added that a little bit later because we had to get up to at least 200, I think it was 200 connections in order to get the LinkedIn Live uh, activated, but we did meet that. We're at 258, thanks to all you LinkedIn Livers. Uh, Euronurse puts out a monthly newsletter, a monthly newsletter, a weekly newsletter every Monday you can subscribe to on our website. And we've got 300 subscribers to that newsletter. We've had 73 past episodes. This is episode 74. You can see all those episodes on our website or on YouTube. We 
if you don't know about this, EuroNurse does have a calendar section on our website where you can look at all the upcoming shows. I'm happy to say I think we're booked almost up to March now. There's a couple openings, but if you're a speaker and want to talk about a subject, look me up. And I would like to say thanks to the sponsors who have made this show possible. All these sponsors uh, donate money to have their website up on their logo on our website. And that's what gives us the funding so that we can afford to pay for all this processing and softwares and things like that, subscriptions that are involved with the show. It's free to you, so we like to keep it that way. On August 23rd, I added EuroNurse Plus, an area that gave us podcasting and shorts. So shorts uh, are these one-minute little video snippets, and those have been going over really well. They appear in uh, YouTube as shorts and Facebook as reels. Also, the podcast, as I mentioned, that's been uh, taking off. That just got started more recently and already over a thousand listeners on in their cars or wherever they want to listen to us. And it's go over Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, and Google Podcast. I do get some statistics from that site also. And we can see that the majority of the people are listening on Apple Podcasts. No big surprise since Apple started podcasting. What I was more surprised about is, once again, international. We're being listened to by uh, other countries. So great. We're going to keep that going. Now, our top 10 episodes based on YouTube, which is where we have most of our stuff. So number 10. Lori, you made the top 10 list. <laughs> Episode two, your dynamic testing. We've had 727 views so far of that show. So congratulations. I'm going to have a little clip from that just because I think that would be a fun thing to see that first <laughs> episode you ever did. But you got the number 10 spot. Number nine, believe it or not, was Lumia's prostate biopsy system. Now, this was actually one of our short videos. So it uh, um, wasn't a full length video. It was one of those one minute clips, but still 785 views of that. Our number eight was Eurocap, a female uh, external catheter, 905 views of that so far. Number seven was OptiLoom. Now, that was the short version, the one-minute intro to the OptiLoom with almost a 1,000 views. Our sixth episode, or sixth highest episode, was uh, episode 61, iTind. Um, that was the BPH treatment. And interestingly, some of these episodes were pretty recent. They way took off. Some of them really soared with over a 1,000 views. Number five, congratulations to John who brought up this idea, the uh, virtual public speaking tips and tricks. That was also our first episode, 46. That was the first episode to ever hit a thousand views. And I, I can remember we were sitting at like, you know, hundreds of views, maybe 500 views on some of our shows. In the first week, it hit a thousand. And I, I think I said something off to John. I said, This is crazy. What's going on? And he said, I think you hit the algorithm. <laughs> Because it was uh, uh, just a, a, a neat thing to find out that suddenly people were really watching this show. Number four was another short that I put together on how to instill lidocaine jelly. It was a one minute on actually how to do the procedure. Um, so it's done well. Number three, Holep. I see BPH is kind of leading the, the, the pack here uh, with over 2,000 views. Number two, aquablation therapy, another BPH treatment with almost 5,000 views. And our number one, this one also blew me away when I started watching it go. OptiLoom, new treatment for BPH, 
with almost 54,000 views. So I don't know. Did you guys ever think we were going to hit that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Lori was happy. Of course. <laughs> and John, you're involved with your, your YouTube channel. Is any surprise to you or you thought, yeah, we were, this was going to win? Uh, oh, you mean the actual episode itself? No, it's it's really hard to tell because you just don't know how YouTube is going to recommend to the viewers which video. And it yep. seems like seems like Optilum seems like BPH treatment modalities are pretty popular. Yeah, I, I've run a, multiple YouTube channels, and one of them is, is, is through my practice. And the BPH frequently asked questions or horror stories, they get a lot of views. I reviewed, uh, gosh, Neotrack device Eurolift. And I wasn't doing anything fancy. I was just literally reviewing the, the second generation device. And that mm -hmm. video has hundreds of thousands of views. So you just, yeah. you just don't know. And I made that video more for urologists, yet, a lot of people watched it because I can, as you can tell, you can look at the comments and what people are saying. A lot of them are patients or potential patients. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And Lori, did you think you were in the top 10? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. See? And that wasn't even BPH, your dynamics. I, mean, I, was, yeah. I was kind of a shocker Yeah, there. why people want to watch your dynamics? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's you. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> All right, so let's go into our panelist presentations. Let's look at some of the shows because all of our panelists have also done a sh an episode. So I thought I'd share a little bit of those and you can see what they look like. The right kidney is a little bit lower than the left. And the reason for that is because we got this big old liver sitting up here pushing down on it. We know how the kidneys look there. What we're looking at on x-ray is the kidney and the ureters and the collecting system. On top of the kidney is the adrenal gland. There's surrounded by fat and drosia's fascia. Um, but that's the basics. We can see the renal artery and the renal vein coming off of it. This is all the information. You're welcome. So first-line therapies are behavioral changes, um, such as Kegel or Kegel exercises, changing your diet, um, monitoring your weight, preventing constipation. These are therapies that can help treat an overactive bladder that have virtually no risks or side effects associated with them. I will find often in my practice that some patients will come to me from other areas and they're already on to second and third line therapies, but they've never been properly educated on first line therapy. So hold on, I'm going to share my screen now. Can you search? Can you see my screen back? Yep. Okay. So um, on the left is kind of a picture of a urodynamic study or a urodynamic machine, but there's so many varieties of it. On the right are some sensors, um, but we're going to go ahead and just start. So the definition of a urodynamic study is the definition of a urodynamic study is um, documentation of the factors involved with filling, storage, transportation, and evacuation of urine. It refers to a group of diagnostic procedures. Be assured that there are only there are fewer than 20 words in the entire deck. So sit back, relax, and just enjoy. And I am going to ask you to answer some questions just coming up. So make sure you are ready to answer these questions. Make sure you find the comment box. All right. I'm going to start with the story uh, of Tom and Jennifer. 
Tom is an exec in a mergers and acquisitions company, and he had just closed a huge deal. He's going to be getting a huge bonus, and he's going to be getting a promotion. So he calls Jennifer, his wife. Perfect. So uh, the LUMEA prostate biopsy system, um, this, you know, I, I figured we start with a little bit of just an overview. What's what's a prostate biopsy? Well, of course, um, this is not really probably anything that anybody really looks forward to. Um, but at any point in time, um, when there is an indication, whether that be due to a PSA elevation and abnormal digital ex rectal exam, abnormal imaging, etc., uh, a urologist. So there we were. That was our early, some of our earlier ones, um, some of them later. I, I tend to throw yours in, even though yours was so early, Lori, because I thought, you know, being a number 10, they should see what kind of quality we had. <laughs> right. Right. Scary, isn't it, when you look back at it's yourself? It's really scary. <laughs> Don't do now, John, that you were just showing off with all your <laughs> technology. <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing it for a little while. It gets better every time you do it. Yeah. And, and I think that's one of the things when I look through doing these slides and putting stuff together is just the change in the, the, the flow of the show. I think everybody's gotten, the regular panelists have gotten so comfortable with it. And even our guest panelists, I think, uh, feel pretty comfortable with the format. They're able to work it really well. We're able to make the transitions between different slides. And like you see us now, we're in a row of three with us um, all kind of having ourselves up on the screen that allows us to more talk to each other. So there's a lot of things that we've learned throughout the, the programming to make this look, I had somebody once come up and say, you know, it looks like you guys are um, almost like at a professional TV station. So I think it's, that's a compliment to know that we do so well. Maybe it'll be a career change for some of us, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was great to look back at those. All right. So that was our, our, uh, us doing it, but I've got some memorable guest panel presentations also. So let's see those. Hi, I'm Diane Newman. I'm a nurse practitioner at the University of Pennsylvania, and I've been practicing in urology um, since 1986, so almost 40 years. So here you have a side-by-side -side video showing you what's happening inside that bladder. We have the Foley to the left, and above each of those GIFs, you see the traditional catheter. This is I got to approach the elephant in the room. What's with the hat? <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously, it's not a fashion statement, right? I mean, you know, there's, there's only so much I can do here. For those of you out there, I don't have any hair. Um, obviously, yes, we are talking non-surgical management for prolapse, aka pessary management. So I'm going to dive right in and and uh, we'll get going with it. So the so again, my my focus and my specialty is on long-term urinary catheterization. And when I started working with this population, I ran into a lot of difficulties in dealing with uh, people that were clogging, complications, different things like that. So um, uh, it's so exciting now. You know, I, I'm going to try to do this in about 20 minutes. I want you all to know that I could give this talk for hours and hours and hours. Um, I want to talk today about something that is so very important for urology nurses to understand, because I believe that each of you can actually change the whole world. Fantastic. Well, uh, again, thank you for the opportunity to be able to uh, present to your audience in this podcast. And I've been asked to talk about what is really the latest treatment for minimally invasive uh, office-based therapy for BPH, benign prostate enlargement. And this is the OptiLoom BPH. 
pleasure to be talking about aquablation. Um, this is one of the newer therapies on the market for uh, BPH. And all right, well, first, thank you again for uh, having me on the on the show. I'm uh, I'm, I'm honored. Uh, so today, I'm going to uh, talk about a uh, one of the uh, one of the newer uh, BPH therapies I tend. <clears throat> Um, all right. Like Andrea said, my name is Megan Schaefer. This morning, I'll be speaking to you about holmium laser nucleation of the prostate or HOLUP, a surgical procedure for BPH causing bladder outlet obstruction. Well, today we're going to be talking about minimizing the risks uh, of medical malpractice lawsuits from providing patient care. And I want to start out with a disclaimer because, of course, every lawyer starts out with some sort of disclaimer. Thanks to everybody who showed up today. April, Charlene, Diane, Donna, Joanne, John, John, Leo, Neil, Olive, Paula, Rebecca, and Susie. And if I miss somebody, you too. Vic, thank you so much for inviting us to um, be able to introduce you to the Hollister portfolio of hydrophilic catheters and talk about our patient support services. Yeah, so, uh, you know, good morning, everybody. And uh, we really appreciate you spending your Saturday morning, although I would argue that this is held every 10 o'clock, every, every Saturday at 10 o'clock Michigan time, as opposed to Chicago time. So we, we need to get that clarified. Um, so appreciate the technical support as well. Uh, so today we're going to cover what exosomes are, uh, if you've never heard of them. Uh, today's kind of going to be an introduction to hospice because uh, a lot of people don't understand what hospice actually is, unfortunately. And we'll talk about why that's important. That group I've really found neat to put together because the variety of subjects out there that we've, we've covered in the past years, just mind blowing. I don't know. Did you, did you think we we're going to have so many different types of subjects, John? Yeah, there's no shortage of things to discuss in urology with the advances in genomics, genetics, various advances in just BPH treatment alone, with approximately 40 million men in the U.S. suffering with that condition every single year. And I, back in uh, back in 2016, during the primaries, after uh, right before the general election, I thought, you know, there's got to be something that I can do and tie this this Trump Hillary. Uh, race. And so I I purchased the domain name Make America Pee Again. So I, I, every single day with BPH, I'm, I'm helping men at least, helping men, helping make America pee again. And I just, I'm just, yeah, surprised at how many men ignore the problem and uh, they end up with bladder injury and they couldn't avoid it all. But BPH is such a big problem and there's so many advances and not just BPH, prostate cancer, kidney stones, treating large kidney stones, Calixo, there's a new device that we can use to, to suck out the fragments so that we can literally eliminate the, the fragments instead of leaving, leaving them and letting the patients pass those. And the various genomic and genetic studies and the PARP inhibitors for prostate cancer treatment, it's just amazing. It, you it's, it's a constantly changing world when it comes to the practice of urology and practice of medicine. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's, uh, it's been my benefit because when I, when I first started out, I thought, yeah, it's gotta be, you know, we're going to put on 52 shows a year. And then I started the the chore of trying to get 52 speakers a year to, to do it. I'm thinking subjects and how am I ever going to do this? Well, it just, just flows. I mean, you just keep getting, Hey, I've got this new idea or, Hey, I'll talk on your show about this. And it's just amazing to me that, that 
there's such a large number out there. I don't don't really see a problem anymore with filling the the space to have these every week. Lori, yeah, did, capital, you, did you yeah, capitalism. Did you think there were so many uh, new inventions out there? I mean, you and I are in the the, the office. For so long. I mean, we've been in urology so long. You think you know it all, and you don't. You come to the, you know some of these meetings I come to. I'm like, I've never heard of this before. The yeah. amount of stuff that I've learned through this myself is incredible, and I love it because I could bring it back to my practice and you know teach others, and it's it's awesome. Yep. I love what you've done. Kudos to you, Vic. It's great. Oh. And like I said, I, it doesn't work without you guys. It's just this drives the show. It's it was a lucky thing I fell upon when you know you and Andrea said, "Yeah, I'll get on and do it with." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was a tough sell to to start with, but I just knew that you couldn't rely on the audience to come up with questions because I've lectured enough to know that sometimes you'll talk, give a talk, and nobody asks a single question, but get one person to start asking, and then it gets the ball rolling. And that's what mm -hmm. my thought was with this. So, all right. And that kind of leads me to my next slide, which, which is consistency. When I decided to do this whole thing, I really took on the, the chore of saying, for this to work, we've got to do this every week. And I know a lot of my, my uh, regular panelists have been on many of the shows and I've been on all of the shows. And boy, it's, it, it is a you know a chore to make sure that you give up your time. John gets up mighty early to do the show because he's coming from Arizona, and I'm sitting there twiddling my thumbs today because I'm in you know in the East Coast time, which is ten o'clock for my show, and it's just driving me nuts because I'm just waiting for that hour to pass. But to do this, I also have had to be remote and and do the show from all over the country because I move around and vacation and do things. And I wanted something, if I was gonna do it, I wanted to make sure I could do it anywhere. And as you can see, we've been in uh, um, New Orleans, in Phoenix area, um, Illinois, Indiana, where I live, Colorado, Florida, and the Keys, and even on a cruise. Welcome, this is Vic Sidis from Euronurse. We're gonna go try to get that interview with the uh, medical staff here. I'm hoping to run into one of the nurses down in the uh, first level, which is where they're located, and try to find out if I can get the answer to this question. What do you guys do if somebody comes in with urinary retention? Came up to where you could actually see off of the top of the ship, and we're at port right now, getting ready to go on our cruise pretty soon. I just talked to the nurse down at the uh, infirmary, and we have an appointment for four o'clock to take an interview. So it's looking good, like we're gonna get this actually done. The boat is just taking off, we're just starting to launch, and the rocket is gonna launch in one minute. We're getting ready to watch the, hopefully the takeoff of SpaceX from the cruise ship. Well, as luck would have it, we did get to see SpaceX take off. So in the background, you can see that's where Cape Canaveral was. Our ship was already sailing. And we weren't all that far away, so we got a pretty good view. Unfortunately for the cloud coverage, we didn't get to see it go up all that high, but it was pretty nice. I never did get that interview, so for those of you that didn't watch the episode, <laughs> as much as I tried, the uh, there was so much red tape that I couldn't get through. But uh, it turned out to be a fun episode to kind of take a look at a cruise ship, and Andrea had done a lot of research about people working on a cruise ship, so we did get to discuss what it was like to be a worker in the healthcare on a cruise ship. But I wanted to know, boy, how much BPH affects them. But hey, who knows? May go on another cruise.
You know, I have to say that through all, after that episode, I was like, I think I need to bring a catheter with on planes. You never know who could use one, you know? <laughs> or yes, what? absolutely. You never know. 18 French Coudet will be my recommendation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The best one for trying to get a catheter with it. I agree. All right. So that brings me to the next thing, which is what's next? So we've been doing this now for a year and a half, and I do have some ideas. Unfortunately, I just can never leave good enough alone. And one of the things I noticed, you know, we get a lot of comments on our YouTube channel, as John had alluded to that, you know, people will write in. And I found out that, you know, this from SAFTA0305, this lecture is so badly needed. I need to learn more. I'm a nurse practitioner in urology for six years and do use vaginal estrogen, but not as much as I, I used to. Where can I get information to show our patients that vaginal estrogen is safe? You can read the rest. It's just very apparent that what we're doing is, is really needed. And I'm glad to, to be a part of filling that need. But I also get comments like this. Um, I'm going to ask for this procedure. Today, I failed self-catheterization twice, which is something I had to do every five days after my urethrotomy six months ago. I guess the stricture is back. Hopefully, Opalum will help me. Or great presentation, but two questions. When and where could I have this done? I live in Seattle. I want to preserve my ejaculation. Can this new procedure treat a median lobe? I'm 85. I live in Mexico in the VA near me keeps talking terp. I've had a few bad experiences with general anesthesia. Um, just had optiloom procedure today for bulbar stricture. People writing in with what they've had done. How long do treatments last? Do you have to do it again? And this nice long um, thing about aquablation therapy, somebody who just went through it, talking about what the whole procedure was about and how it you know, really gave us a good explanation of how it went for them. Uh, which tells me one thing, you know, this Euronurse is designed to educate healthcare workers in the urology field, but we know that there's a lot of viewers that are not healthcare workers watching the show. It's a lot of patients watching the show and it's really not geared towards them, but there's information there and people want information. They want patient centered education. And that's what I feel is missing. I think we need to address that, or I need to address that patient centered education. Lori could probably speak to this as much as I can. One of the biggest roles I have in my practice is teaching patients, giving education. How do you get prepared for this procedure? How do you, you know, what's this procedure about? Things we do in the office, things that's done in surgery. It's always educating the patient. I put together a lot of different um, handouts on different things. And that's what I feel is really what is kind of missing. What it's not going to be is we're not giving advice on what you should have done. That's what you go to your healthcare worker for. Your healthcare provider should be the one instructing you on what's best for you because just because you saw it on this show doesn't mean it's the best treatment for you. I also think it needs to be a different format. I think this is Euronurse is a great format for healthcare workers, not the best thing I think for patients. I think something that's more a single person talking about a single thing, uh, maybe a interview back and forth. We'll see. Different format. I am going to do it consistently. So I'm going to have a show every Saturday at 1030 a.m. Central Time. But I'm only going to have a half hour format. So it won't be any longer than a half hour. It could be shorter depending on what we're talking about. Patient education. 
I'm only going to go to YouTube and Facebook Live to start because I just want to see if this is something people really want. And throughout my career, I've had patients ask pretty much the same questions about procedures, and I call them the five H's. And that's what I'm going to talk about to, to, with anything I ever address. It's going to be addressing the five H's. I'm going to make it uh, starting January 6th will be the first episode. I'm going to call it Euro Patient Podcast. Welcome to the Euro Patient Podcast. We are dedicated to you, the urology patient. We are your trusted source for navigating the world of urologic health. Have you ever wondered about urologic procedures and topics? We answer the crucial 5H questions. So, what exactly are the 5H questions? Find out at europatient.com on January 6, 2024 at 10.30 a.m. Yep, if you want to find out what those 5Hs are, you're going to have to tune in. I'm not telling you. So January 6, if you want to join us for the the, the new Euro Nurse podcast, that's when we're going to go live. And lastly, I'd like to thank the audience out there because there's no reason to do this if nobody wants to watch it. And again, when I started this whole thing, I was you know hoping I would have a few people watch it and was surprised at how the audience grew and, and just really um, appreciate everything that you folks out there have said back, feedback I've gotten. And we'll keep doing this long as you keep watching. So uh, thanks to everybody on that front. And with that, let's uh, bring in our, our, our experts again. And that's all I have to say. So, Hey, Vic, I think it's a great idea with the patient education. You know, I just had a patient yesterday. He'd been through a lot. It was a retention. And you know how you get these people with the catheters coming in and they just have a ton of questions. I took the time to do it in layman's terms, which, you know, a lot of physicians don't do and they get so confused. They were so grateful afterwards. They're like, oh my gosh, nobody has ever explained it this way. You know, yeah. so it's really important for patients to, we can't use these big words. We got to use words instead of urinate, use pee or, you know, the simple stuff that they can understand much better. So I think it's great. I really do. Thanks. I, I'm, I'm hopeful for it. We'll see. You know, I, it could be great. It could not be. But if you don't try something, you'll never find out. So we'll see. Your comments area will blow up in no time with the Euro patient. I guarantee yep. you. That was my my concern when I started it is is handling comp comments, but I've also created some of these automated answer type things where I can click a couple of things that'll put down as you know an answer. Um, again, I'm not going to be diagnosing, treating, or offering anything like that, but I do want to guide people towards getting properly prepared for their procedures, answering those questions. The the five H when you tune in and find out what it, it's all about. I even have a piece of paper you can download that have those 5-H questions you can take to your doctor's office. And I think that, you know, as somebody who went through a big operation a few years back on my back, I, you know, when you're, when you're a patient, it's a whole different experience than when you're a healthcare worker. And, you know, your mind goes blank. You forget to ask the questions you want to ask. And that's what I did is I had this list of things that I wanted to ask the doctor and sit down and have a conversation about what's going on. Now, the one advantage being in healthcare is I, I know I can 
talk to the doctor. They're, I'm going to understand them. A lot of patients have this block that goes up because I've worked in this field. I'll be sitting in the room, hear the doctor go through the whole procedure in great detail. And then I'll say, okay, so you understand what the doctor said? No. It's just like they turn off. I can't understand doctors speak. It's like it's, you're speaking a different language. And, and you know, I'm sure, you know, you're as good as most of the other physicians out there. It's giving good explanations, probably better because you're used to talking on this, but they turn you off because you're a doctor sometimes. I think sometimes. pictures are underutilized too. You know, people learn oh, with pictures. They want to yeah. be able to see it. If you start talking, most people don't even know where their kidneys are, you know, um, let alone the ureter and even the bladder, you know, so... That said, I've been blamed for, actually, I received a negative review because I used something, I, I said, your P-tube, your your P-opening, and someone said, you're not being professional and not, and not calling something like a urethromiatus or urethra, so yeah. you, you can't win. Wow. You can't win. Being empathetic, really. The bottom line is the healthcare professional needs to be empathetic to the patient. Most You have to explain things in at a sixth grade level at sixth grade mm -hmm. level so that everyone, almost everyone can understand what you're saying. And it is really surprising because I get second opinion consults all the time. And I repeatedly hear this, you have made me understand more in less than five minutes than the numerous visits I had with other healthcare providers locally here, which is frustrating to the patient and frustrating to me because that gives all of us a bad name. Yeah. That's a good point. Um, you know, and again, when you're, you know, somebody's just been told a diagnosis of cancer, they just, their memory's not going to be there. You're, you're worried about everything. Am I going to be around to celebrate the next big event in my life? So, you know, it's, you need written things for patients to take home because if they're not writing it down, you have something that you can give them. That's what I hope to build on, on this website is going to be different procedural uh, things that they can download and take home or take with them. Um, again, not a substitute for good conversation with your doctor because they're the ones performing it and they know what's best for you. People don't always understand that either. You know, as you can, I'm sure, address as a physician, you know, there's uh, one procedure out there does not. We talk about, what, eight different BPH procedures. Some of them aren't even good candidates for all the procedures. They have a middle lobe, so they this one won't work. And that's why they, and they try to go to, you know, you go to, to YouTube and it's great because you can learn about them, but you need to see the, the guy who really knows the procedures. It's not for, first of all, there's patient factor variability. So not every patient's the same. Like you mentioned, there's a median lobe. Do they have very tall lateral lobes? How big is their overall prostate volume? What does the bladder look like? Do they have a flaccid bladder? Is it a neurogenic bladder, decompensated bladder, or is this really just an obstructive type of a problem? So is it a bladder problem? Is it an obstruction problem or something else that's going on that's behavioral? And then you have the various procedures. And then within each procedure, like for instance, TURP that I perform a lot of, if you go to UCLA, Mayo Clinic and things like that, they'll say, oh yeah, you're gonna be staying overnight in the hospital. You're gonna have to wear a catheter for several days. Well, that's not the same for all urologists because I have been doing outpatient TURPs for probably close to two decades now. Patients go home the same day. And now, more recently, I'm doing them without leaving a catheter, a tubeless 
T-U-R-P. Yeah. That's the experience factor. That's that's really the the key is somebody who does a lot of something. And that's a good question to find out. How many of these have you done? And, and yeah, so you have to have someone who's constantly thinking about how do I do this better? And just like doing vasectomies. When I first started, I tell patients, I was I sucked at it. I mean, it took me 30 minutes to do a single vasectomy. I was using a, a scalpel, made two incisions. And literally after my first vasectomy in private practice, I was sweating. I was wearing these big loops because of not having as m much experience as I do now, having done thousands just in the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. So experience, experience definitely matters. And you said giving a, a resource where patients can go. When I schedule patients for TURPs, before I even walk into the room, after typically it's after I perform a cystoscopy and a transrectal ultrasound, in my mind, and I'll telegraph to my medical assistant, this patient's a TURP candidate. So she she will room the patient in a in an exam room and hand him a frequently asked question sheet. Is it covered by my insurance? Where is it done? How long does it take? What's my recovery like? and then potential complications, and then retrograde ejaculation, for instance, for TURP. And there are surgeries, that, uh, TUR, methods to perform TURP to try to preserve antiquated ejaculation. So the, the frequently asked question sheet that every, I think every physician, every surgeon should create when he, before he or she does a procedure, handing that to the patient. So one, it gives him the opportunity to ask questions during that visit. And two, he can go home, think about it, hand it to his spouse and then ask more questions. And then so that you truly have an informed consent before you do a surgery on somebody. Yeah. Oh, we point. have a comment. And this oh, is really okay. sweet of Susie, who's really been dedicated with us too. She's always on. Thank you so much for helping me be a better medical assistant. I refer patients to your nurse.com at least twice a week for more information. You guys are awesome. Thanks, Susie. That's super, super sweet. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for that comment. Thank you. Yeah, I've had patients, um, I, we were chatting about the, this particular show, the Euronurse, and the patient, you know, was a prostate biopsy patient. We'll chat about anything to take their mind off a of prostate biopsy. And he goes, I'd like to watch that show. So I handed him a card. I said, you're welcome to watch it. I said, it's really based on healthcare. And that's, that's where I really started to get the ideas. Maybe something out there for patients to find too would be nice because, uh, it's definitely a need. People want to watch stuff on on YouTube, and that's the new year, the new the new way. So I, I it's really you. been, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know. I, I mean, how many of us, you know, nowadays, if you got to fix something, you go and you look it up on YouTube, and step by step, I, I've had where I couldn't. I had a refrigerator, and the the thing had a block of ice where the ice thing was at, and I could not figure out how to get that piece off to let it defrost. Go on YouTube, shows you which screws to remove, how to slip it off. It was a piece of cake. So, My current project is to uh, crack a sentry safe in my office. Wow. So I have a safe. One. Yeah, I have a safe that's been here for uh, over a decade. And I get into it infrequently because it, you know, holds paper, holds mm -hmm. like pres <laughs> back in the old days, prescription pads. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so it, what are it, those? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it holds prescription pads, and then also, oh gosh, uh, the 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 healthcare 
plant documents, the um, medical license and things like that. So I, I keep that stuff in there, uh, but it's an, it's an older safe. Now the electronic lock doesn't unlock. I've pounded it with it. So I go on YouTube, right? Pound it with a mallet or, or change the mm -hmm. battery or do this or that. And nuclear option, uh, how, to how to destroy the safe so you can get into it. So uh -huh. I'm, trying, I'm trying various different things. The next thing is going to be a magnet. So I'll let you know how that goes. <laughs> Video forthcoming. On one no, of I, I, watched, I watched the show uh, on Penn & Teller, and they uh, cracked the safe by putting it in liquid nitrogen. Oh, it, interesting. It, it freezes so, so much that they just hit it with a, a hammer it. and it shattered. We have That's another like, comment from Katie. Katie Bortel said, great information, an awesome show. Love to watch you or watch and always learn something new. Thanks, Katie. Thanks. Thank you. All right. And Vic, you will, you will find that there will be no shortage of questions on your Europatient show, and every single patient could be a video. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, once again, I'm not, I'm not too worried about filling up the 52 episodes. I think developing the format is going to be interesting to see what's going to work out best. And, uh, and I welcome any of uh, my experts to present on any subject they'd like to present. Um, I'll be hunting up experts, but, um, I think like things like even the cath cathware guy who invented a underwear for a leg bag. I mean, patients may not know about it. And once I get the, uh, some traction where a lot of people know about Euro patient, then, we'll be able to have some of those kind of experts on the show to talk about things that I think would be useful for patients. It's going to be very patient centered, not uh, trying to be in the to teaching, you know, like what we do for this for Euro nurse. And trust me, folks, Euro nurse is still my number one love. I'll be putting my biggest effort into that, but this other one I can work on the side and Hey, you know, there is an advantage to be semi-retired. You got more time and you do the things you really love. Yeah. I, I, you know, I often think, Vic, how do you find time to all this? And then I realize, oh yeah, <laughs> semi-retirement has uh, given you a little bit more time than uh, someone who's working full-time in the office and try to create content Absolutely. for different platforms. Yeah. It's the best of both worlds because I still get to stay in the profession I love and stay with things because I found that, you know, otherwise you, you really start to forget about what you do. And then being having the time to do what I really want to do too. That's, that's great. So. We have another comment from Charlene Vollmer. Thank you for all the information. I've watched all episodes and noted. Thank wow. you. Charlene. That is great. Yeah. I, I, I know that there's a definite fan base cause I see the statistics come through of who all signs up to register on StreamYard, And you know, a lot of those are familiar. I'll see them come up over and over again. She also says that's true of retirement, putting it forward. Yeah, that's what I do. Paying it forward every single day uh, by creating I content. I, I wish there was something like this when I was <laughs> love retirement. Friend. Yeah. Oh, gosh. I got a lot. Well, not too long to go, but long enough. I'm jealous. <laughs> you know, it'd be great if you could retire and not get old, though. That would be the best part. Right. <laughs> Oh, we've uh -oh. got another comment. I think I froze. And thank you for your time and every week. Good information. That's from Rajesh. Thank you. Yeah, very nice. I appreciate the comments. Sorry about that. I you're froze back, for Vic. a second there. Yeah, no, you're back. back. I can see. Yeah. I, uh, 
I'm using a secondary camera. I'm using my iPhone as a camera. And I think for some reason it must have froze. There is, you know, it's it's portable, so you gotta, you know, work on your remotes. You can't bring your whole office, your whole you know, studio with you. So I try to make things work. I've got a better camera back at the old studio. But next week I'll be in the studio. I'll be back in the for terra firma. <laughs> Yeah, I tell you, it's once you have all the niceties in your in your office or in your in your studio, it's difficult, right? It's difficult to uh, go to a different platform. For instance, this is what I'm working with, and to go anywhere else, whenever I'm traveling and I have to log in remotely, it's, it's like, where are my buttons? Where are my mixers? Yep. <laughs> Doctor Lin, that gives me anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> this, oh, you like the great. simplicity? No, yeah, I like simple. I, I, I got my boyfriend Atari for Christmas. <laughs> all the old school Atari <laughs> the old games. School I love 2600, it. 2600, <laughs> Refurbished games and all. <laughs> that is yeah. so great. I saw a Pac-Man game, believe it or not, at a local Costco. Yeah, we even, I mean, these games that you don't remember, like Frogger and Defender and Asteroids and all that, got it all. Yeah, those are the fun games. The ones yeah. they have nowadays, They I think they play themselves for the most part. It even only has one joystick still. It's one joystick. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you can really control it. Yeah. <laughs> Nostalgia does come back as long as you don't as long as you don't bring back the pager. I'm okay. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I agree. I don't miss that. I, I get know. flashbacks. I I remember the tone of my pager during residency, oh, and and God. I get so much anxiety every time that thing goes off. <laughs> I, I can remember getting phantom vibrations in my waist from wearing the because it was a vibration. Oh, and you would get feel this this vibration. There was I didn't even have my pager on me. Like you're just so used to it going off. Awesome. The good old days. Well, we're gonna give a little uh, plug for next week's show. In the ever-evolving landscape of healthcare, optimizing patient care is paramount to achieving both efficiency and satisfaction. Service companies within the healthcare industry play a pivotal role in shaping the patient experience. One key strategy is the implementation of advanced technologies that streamline administrative tasks, allowing healthcare providers to focus more on direct patient care. ABC Medical presenters Amy Landrum and Zach Tierney will discuss the intersection of technology and patient-centric approaches to optimizing care. Join us to learn more at Euronurse.com. All right. Well, be sure to join us next week with ABC Medical presenting on what they do and how they can make your life easier in the clinic. So that's I thought it'd be an interesting talk. I can't wait. I love that kind of stuff. Yeah. All right. Well, you guys have a happy new year, happy and safe new year. And we'll see everybody next year. Yeah. Happy everyone. new year.